welcome back everyone to another episode of Cinema Demore. I'm your host Chuck, joined by Lexi and Justin. Well, this week we're continuing Justin's theme of food, and I thought what better food than people, which is why we're talking about the film Cannibal Girls, directed by Ivan Reitman, one of his early films when nobody knew who the hell he was. This is the Ivan Reitman? Yeah, this is the movie he directed before Meatballs. This is his biggest film before he got into Hollywood, before he started hanging out with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. He was making goofy Canadian horror movies. And this movie is, as Justin pointed out, exceedingly Canadian. Once the first A hits you, you just pick it up every time. I'm going to go pick up the car, eh? I just love the opening scene where it was fucking freezing outside. There's snow on the ground. This couple, they put the blanket down like they're having a picnic. And they're being watched. It's that typical slasher first person POV. They're about to get it on in the bad weather. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell is going on? It's like, <laughs> that was as tropical as they could make it look in Canada, apparently. Excuse me, that was a Canadian summer, and you'll show some respect. <laughs> looked fantastic. Only looked like it was probably a negative two degrees. Well, they're Celsius, so who knows? But yeah, probably it probably was a heat wave going on there. All right. Yeah, this film's uh, one of the earliest starring roles for Eugene Levy as well. So it's a lot of of early times there, and he looks fantastic. He's rocking that mustache. Great hair. Can't remember the girl's name, the actress as well, but she's no slouch. Yeah, she's a huge name, and especially uh, this is like two of uh, SCTV's biggest alumni, like in one film playing rather small roles it's really surprising because like very shortly after this film they go on to be on sctv which i don't know if you guys are familiar with that but that's like one of the largest sketch can- comedy shows to come out of canada that's got like john Wait, candy and in this movie ended up on canadian tv show not just any canadian tv show one of the largest canadian sketch comedy shows ever like huge names are you guys not familiar with SCTV? I no, think we so. had Saturday Night Live. It had Rick Moranis, right? Had Rick Moranis. That's where uh, Strange Brew comes from. So SCTV is where those characters come from. And then uh, John Candy was on it. And then Rick Moranis. Uh, so they the BSNL. Kind of. It was like SCTV was a fake television network. So the concept was that like it's so flipping it's like through Fox channels. <laughs> Uh, more funny. Well, I guess Fox News is yeah, pretty funny less sometimes. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> less scary, I guess, would be the proper word for it. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Levy, I wouldn't recognize if his name didn't come up. I also like that when this movie started, I ended up watching it on Pluto TV. There were no credits for like how long until after the first kill. So I was worried that I was watching the wrong thing. I was like, man, I'm just waiting and waiting for like some sort of title card. And then they're being watched. And I'm like, okay, well, at least it feels like it's a slasher movie. I just got to wait for Eugene Levy to pop up. Just got, yeah, you just got to wait for him to show up. Yeah, the, uh... I, think I, I, don't, I wouldn't recognize him if I didn't know he was in the movie. I mean, no, his I name comes either. up in the credits. So I'd have been looking for him. And I think I probably would have been like, who the hell is, <laughs> which one's Eugene Levy? He plays Cliff. Yeah. Chuck, what Main is this dude. movie about? Uh, It's about cannibal girls and, you know, it's really all this movie's about. This movie has a very 
very thin plot. It does not. Uh, that's actually one of the uh, <laughs> one of the more interesting credits I've ever seen in a film uh, is when it gets to the screenplay credit and there's a whole like sentence about the dialogue in this film was uh, worked on by the cast along with Ivan Reitman and uh, the producer based off of a story by this guy. So, uh, and it, it shows a lot in this movie that you can tell a lot of these scenes just seem like they were like, I don't know, your car broke down, you're at the gas station. What would you say to the guy at the gas station? Like there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that do feel. I do like when Eugene Levy walks up to that kind of guy that. and I, he does ask where there's a good place to stay because the cars broke down. But like at first the way he walked up and they're still having this conversation, it was so awkward. I'm like, what does he have to say to these two people? And I, the one guy barely looked like he worked there because he was so close to the camera. All you could see was his head. <laughs> yeah, I so also that's... like, uh, there's a character in here. He is a bad guy, uh, a reverend. He looks like a magician. And he looks a lot like Jim. <laughs> he looks a lot like Jim Henson. I, like I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked like his evil twin. He. It he reminded looked, me of yeah. the Wizard of Gore. There's like it, a lot. This film's a lot. Other than I mean, other than Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin, uh, I think a lot of the like the person that plays the owner of the hotel is actually the owner of the house that this is filmed in. That's like supposed to be the murder house. Like that's just her house. <laughs> so it's like I think a lot of these people are just actual local people that it's just like hey we're in Canada uh, be in my movie and they were probably just like oh well, that sounds like fun yeah oh it's a good time eh so yeah this film's about like the butcher that's like hinting like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is this is fresh wink wink uh, yeah this film's about the, this couple Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin Cliff and Gloria who are, who are on a on a vacation, it feels like it's supposed to be their honeymoon. Then someone goes, "How long have you two been together?" And he's like, two weeks." And it's like, "Oh, two weeks!" And you just drive off into the middle of nowhere in Canada. Excuse me, a month. <laughs> she says after. Yeah, I, I believe Cliff. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> but yeah, they and he for whatever reason wants to go to this small uh town that uh, she's never even heard of for whatever reason. There's that he just wants to go there. That's what uh, people did back then. They would drive just drive off five hundred miles to be in some small town that has nothing there. He yeah. wants to fuck just, so just many for other vacation. Small towns. Yeah, he very clearly just wants to fuck. He's just trying to get her somewhere to fuck. It is in his broke down junk car that I feel like, uh, for continuity purposes, that it goes back and forth between his driver's side window being broken and not broken a few times when you see that car. Very uh, clearly is broken. Is when when he's it trying starts. to get his car to start, and the comedy is awful where he's like started and she hits the horn but i did laugh out loud whenever they're like here we go and it was that wide shot of them driving down the road and they only made it like a Two tenth feet. of a mile before it <laughs> sputtered to a stop that's one thing this is supposed to be a comedy it's not very funny it's the jokes are so strange in this like yeah it bore, this is this is a film that made me go i mean yeah, borderline when you're like, do you know what SCTV is? I'm like, well, is this what Canadians think is funny? Because I don't think I'd want to watch that show if this is what Canadians think comedy is. It's so, uh, the yeah, like you were saying, the the guy that runs the the hotel where supposedly these uh, the cannibal girls reside and he's their, he's their master, the reverend, everyone calls him, even though 
I don't, he, it doesn't seem to be anything church related. They just seem to call him the Reverend for no reason. And like he's you said, he looks like, like a, a, a magician. magician. <laughs> yeah, he does. And uh, is it a hotel or is it the only restaurant? I can't in town? tell. It's so it's it's so. I thought it was the only restaurant. It's in so town. weird how it's described, and they're like, "It's a restaurant," and you go in, and it still just looks like a house. It does yeah, a house. They, yeah. they say they're gonna go eat at a restaurant, and when that sheriff takes them. It ends up being like it looks just like a regular ass it's house. It's just a house. Uh, he he has his the. I think probably the one thing that made me laugh the most is his weird. It feels like he's the he's the guy running the haunted mansion at Disneyland when he's taking them on the tour because he's like he's mentioning all these goofy things like he's like he's like that was my great uncle. He was said to have liked men very much. He did have quite the number of children. None of them look like him, though. It's like, I was like, that's such a bizarre, like, he's like showing these paintings. And that's all I kept thinking about was like the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, like describing all his old relatives that died in bizarre fashions. He's like pointing out like a sword that's like, oh, he that was the executioner. He was going to behead someone. And then he slipped and cut off his own head. Oh, those things happen. Yeah, he like missed and the sword cut his own head off. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, yeah, one like... thing, one thing I just couldn't get over was how much eugene levy looked like chuck like exactly and those sideburns i was like man if chuck had like a full afro he would look exactly like this character i'm like let's just get him like yeah. a big fur skin coat like he's like this is chuck i'm like this is chuck to a t i'm like i don't know if he acts like this but i'm like this is no. definitely like chuck is a lot like... more funny <laughs> <laughs> wow let me tell you, this is probably the least movie. funny that Eugene Levy is in any movie. I'm like, he is not funny at <laughs> it all. Really in this is. Film. It really is the least funny he's ever been. It's almost shocking that both of these actors are in this film because they're both incredibly talented. Like some of the best like comedic actors of their time and like generationally, like some of the best of like ever. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like we all got to start somewhere, but you can definitely tell like when people start out like where they're gonna go kind of thing and it's like what the fuck is going on here like these two i would say um i can't i keep forgetting the girl's name and i feel really bad but she put on a much better performance than eugene levy all day like she at least put some effort into it she had a lot better range of emotions and things oh, like he had that a perfect range of emotion like he didn't have enough range and it made it better. It especially worked well for the end of the movie. When we get he there. was he was bored to be there. He was bored to death. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I also enjoy the uh, the three random guys that that are in the story of the that the hotel manager or hotel woman is uh, talking about the three cannibal women and again just like the three goofiest guys you could ever imagine coming together like the these girls find these guys randomly and then uh the one guy who's who runs parades which that feels like that was almost borderline uh, uh like they were trying to do an abbott and costello routine what do you do i run parades yeah but what do you do in the parade no i run parades my name's rick parade i own rick's parades and they're like oh okay and then they just like move on from that and he's like this guy's in the uh, ice cream business. He's like, how so? And he's like, he drives an ice cream truck. And I'm just like, I don't, I, yeah, again, like, what is the comedy here? And they all look like Eugene happening. Levy. They all have glasses and they Those look like glasses. they would be reprogramming computers or something. Yeah. And then these well, people that come up are like supermodels. 
I mean, that's why they're so excited when the one guy's like, we need to leave. And the one dude that, that keeps winning Monopoly is like, hey, man, we could score, okay? You're it's not going to ruin this for us. It's a little bit like, um, uh, hostile. <laughs> we're going to score, man. You're not going to ruin this for us. you got to stay with us. So we're, we're just going to keep playing Monopoly all day. And he's just like, okay, sure. Yeah, he's just like, I guess I'll give up on my dream of running parades again and just keep playing Monopoly with you guys in this random farmhouse that I uh, have found myself in. Yeah, he woke up in randomly. There's no desire to get out of there because these two weirdos who are playing games together are like, hey, we could get laid. Just shut the fuck up and stay here. <laughs> it's like, all right. These are, the 70s were much simpler times when uh, things like that could happen. You just wake up in a farmhouse with a, with random dudes and just be like, hey, man, just calm down. We're just going to have a good time. There are a lot of plot lines that don't have any connections to anything like the guys in the garage who and the sheriff who uh, clearly they're in on it and that's about it but they don't really have much more than that they're in on it and they seem like they should have larger roles but eh, it wasn't kind executed of... in the best way but i did like that the whole town was just addicted to the the meat They've, yeah, they've all been turned into the cannibals. Something too about seventies food never looks good. No. Yeah, even the stuff that the, yeah, even the stuff that's not supposed to look like a human body, it still just looks vaguely gross. <laughs> yeah, they're like eating tomatoes or something. I'm like, ah, oh, that's gross. Yeah. Why is it too like every time people do cannibalism, like they made a properly made meal? Like, it was, like, everything, like, they had, like, sliced the tomatoes, everything was, like, garnished and sauced properly and, like, put on a platter and displayed. And they had it on a plate with silverware and everything. But because we're eating people, we have to use our bare hands and engage with it, like... Like a savage. Like, yeah, I'll, like, shove it in my mouth. You get the redneck thing. You get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where we're just cutting people up and being gross. Then you have the sophisticated Hannibal Lecters that it's an acquired taste. But at least he's using his like dinnerware. Like this was (laughs) this was like Hannibal prepared the meal for them, and then they ate it Texas Chainsaw style. Like (laughs) Hannibal prepared the meal and made Ray Liotta eat his own brain. So, (laughs) but at least he fed it to him with a chopstick instead of with his fingers. Like that's what I don't understand. Like. Why didn't they eat it like normal people, at least? I mean, like, there's a knife yeah, and a fork right the there. I don't know. It just seems so strange. Like, every single time there's a cannibalism film, they make the food, put it on a plate, and then eat it like it was Cause, presented cause to apparent, them. Because I feel like it's because uh, someone somewhere was like, ah, I feel like if we show them eating it with a fork and knife, people will start to get the idea that maybe it's okay to be doing that stuff. Like, really make them look like they're eating it like animals to make sure that people don't start to think that cannibalism's good for the record ed gein didn't eat his people that way he used a knife and fork uh, going back to the hannibal movies they usually did make them like the show made the food look really good like yeah yeah. it it always looked like some gourmet meal that you would just like you'd be like oh yeah i definitely want to try some of that (laughs) I guarantee you the food that Hannibal Lecter made was delicious, even if it was made of human. Hey, how do we know it's not good? I mean, it looks better you know, you than still... I had recently saw Antiviral, the Brandon Cronenberg movie. 
that? Yeah. And they're like, their human food that they eat is like looks disgusting. It looks like tofu or something. Yeah, it does not look yeah, good. Yeah. It does not look good at all. Or 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 you get the same thought of like, I don't know, is eating people that bad? I mean, look at Arby's menu. You could get like five full roast beef sandwiches for two dollars and. That meat can't be coming from anywhere uh, reasonably good. <laughs> or at least like something like Raw played out a little bit better, where it's like they had a taste of blood, and it was kind of like um, they realized that how, how much that they enjoyed the taste. Yeah, even though it's it like, uh, like an accident, you know. The or like ravenous, all, like the new one, like that's what that is. Like they, they're just addicted to it. Like they just for whatever reason have that taste that they have to eat people. Bones and all is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Timothy Chalamet, you bring him. I'm up bringing Timothy episode. Chalamet back every again. Food, always, episode, you always going to be Timothy Chalamet. And then can't wait to see you. you bring him up next week. Yeah, yeah. Can I, I'll see if I can work him in. What's funny is I, I'm pretty sure I know who that is, but I can never put a face to the name ever. He's the main character in Dune. Oh, like the kid, the main mm-hmm. kid. Okay, I can I can see it now. He's also in a ton of other stuff. He has a, I don't know, he has a very punchable really? face, I would say. That's who they're I, doing as Wonka? Ew. Yeah, I worked with him years ago before anyone knew his name, and he was like the most, oh my god, he was stupid. He was so, oh god, he got <laughs> <under> his skin. <laughs> I think I talked to him several times over the phone, and he would call, and he'd be like, this is Timothy Chalamet. I'm just 19 years old. He brought up his age every time as an excuse as to why he didn't know anything. But then he he broke out, and he's like part of that indie New York crowd, you know, like with the same crowd that Adam Driver's from. And um, yeah, but Adam Driver's Christopher wonderful. Abbott and Florence Pugh, like all those people, they're like they're coming out of the same place. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is with Chalamet. He's I'd rather see Adam Driver do the Willy Wonka stuff than than Chalamet. He's doing the dinosaur movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to fight those. He's got to do that Turok uh, adaptation Are they really that no one knows. doing that? It's not it Turok. Basically it, is, it is a dinosaur I, it movie. It basically is, yeah. They still a shot from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is the exact same, like, lightning reveals a T-Rex. I'm like, yeah. this is... But it's by the same people that did Quiet Place, and they seem to be kind of twisty. So even though we know supposedly know that he's in the past with dinosaurs. I there's feel like there's, pro- there's got to be something. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be something. Oh, is this that twist. 65 million BC yes. or whatever? Okay. It's just yeah. called 65. <clears throat> because 10 million BC never did, was a bomb, so they can't call something a full year anymore. Dude, that movie was a piece of shit. I saw that in the theater. Sorry. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> I still don't think I've ever seen that movie. I definitely didn't, know. It's got a saber-toothed tiger. No, that one alpha looked pretty good with a um, that skinny-ass kid. <laughs> I forget his name. The kid from Power of the Dog. And uh, he was Nightcrawler in X-Men. I don't know so his back, name. Yeah. So back to Cannibal Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about them cannibals. Yeah, this film yeah. Is, is very much... We had to bring it a, back after uh, you took it away from us. I it is a very to do with uh, loose string of scenes, uh, semi haphazardly put together. Uh, it does have some like uh, I don't know. There, there's there's weirdly entertaining parts of this film that I at least feel like I feel like you could at least watch this and I see something of like oh yeah Ivan Reitman vaguely knows how to make a movie at this point. Although it was 
this came out in 73 and then his next film was meatballs which was 1979 so it took six years between this and that so i don't know what happened in between that he suddenly got better at making movies and was in hollywood working with big actors i don't know he must he must have been doing something because there's there's a huge jump in quality yeah because after that he immediately starts doing that stripes uh ghostbusters like he immediately starts doing all these big movies and then he starts with this but it feels like that this was uh i don't know this was a time when everybody had those people a shot after i mean james cameron's first movies piranha 2 yeah yeah like craig craig mazin who's doing chernobyl and last of us he did like we said uh like with the scary superhero movie superhero movie so it's like it's there's always there's always somewhere to start. Although it's, I feel like it's changed a lot now, in that there's no, you don't see that kind of quality jump. Like I don't think you'll ever, you'll never see like the guys that are doing asylum movies. Like one day, oh that guy's making Academy Award winning films. Like you might, right. you, it I, happened, I, I mean I won't say I really it's impossible. It yeah, I won't say it's. I won't say it can't happen. But it I feels like you the Academy don't Award, see they did it. Transmorphers. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah. That to that, he did the Sherlock Holmes movie. I thought that was Guy Ritchie. Oh no, he did the one with the T Rex and the uh, giant squid. You would have saw it at Hollywood Video. He did Attack of Meth Gator or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever released. the whatever the other one. One thing that's doing. interesting about this movie is how. Okay, so can you give us you, two interesting things? I can. So okay. we watched it on Pluto, both me and yeah. Justin, and. I could not believe how badly Pluto slammed us with commercials while we were watching this movie. It's I only mean, eighty-two it, minutes. They had to get their they had to get their money's worth out of I it. I think we watched eighty-two minutes of commercials too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie was dragged out to an hour and forty minutes in the view viewing runtime for me, and so it was almost two hours long with the commercials added into it. And I was like, "There's no way this movie is as long as it was." And the commercial breaks, which I don't want to like necessarily complain about the commercial breaks alone but the way that they happened it really took me out of the film and i found myself going like what is going on like what exactly is going on with this movie because these commercial breaks would happen so frequently that i found it hard to maintain the pacing but i think that it had bad pacing and i think that it didn't have a very strong story so it's a very slow film that's supposed to be funny but isn't funny in any way wait what part was interesting well i think there's like (laughs) this is definitely a film that i think if you remade it there's stuff like this is like we're going to be going into herschel gordon lewis next month but this actually completely reminded me of like a Herschel Gordon Lewis film where it had all these really interesting ideas and concepts and stuff there, but none of it is executed well and none of it is done right. So why not remake this movie? Like when you're sitting there in Hollywood and you're looking for a film to remake, this is something that you should go back and remake. Like there's an interesting idea here. Like there's a cult that kind of runs a town, a town that feasts on human you know, flesh. Yellow Jacket seems kind of similar. Like they they take people to their hotel, they get them to go to this house, they take them, they 
butcher them. The town eats them. Everybody's working together. Like there's a lot of really interesting grotesque concepts there. If you wanted to do something funny with it, there's plenty of opportunity to bring comedy into it and make it funny. There is no comedy in this movie unless like you find the dryness of the film funny. And there's very weak horror elements because the horror just, there's not enough of it and there's not enough of it to make you really like Eugene Levy's death is probably like the hardest kill in the film. It's Jesus really not. He's going to break to the end. It's not a very good kill, but it's not a very good kill. Like it's just a punch to the Honestly, stomach. Essentially. It's the best. It's the best kill. So I'd like the lore in this movie. I thought that the lore. Yeah, I agree with cool that. Because in the opening shot, you got this guy or you got this couple and the guy gets murdered and it looks like the girl's going to get murdered and it kind of has a freeze frame, but it does like a weird thing where like they rip off the shirt. So it's gratuitous and it looks like they put blood or something like on her chest later. Her brother comes into that town and he's looking for that girl. And the next time you see her, she's one of the three cannibal girls. She is not. She's not one of, she's not the blonde. No. No. Okay, then I, I then I don't understand. Maybe I watch too many I Love Lucy ads. No, she just <laughs> also gets killed. Oh, I thought she's that girl. No, nope. it's a, it is that's another. Uh, I I I don't <laughs> want to say white girl. Yeah, I don't want to say it's like I, I you would very easily make that mistake because I did the first time I watched this movie too. I saw I thought the same thing. I was like I I thought that's where it was going, and then I was like, but if you if you look at the credits, it's a completely different girl that plays. The girl on the beach. It is just like another blonde girl that I don't know why they they made it seem. It does seem like it should be the same person. Like that was someone they recruited, but it's not played that way in the film for whatever okay, reason. Okay, I don't like the lore as much as I. Thought. Yeah, there's the, the lore. The lore is a I little made gone the lore there. up in my head. You also yeah. think Your the lore film was going to be? <laughs> well, you think it's going to be a sexier movie too? Like they're cannibal girls. They're like showing like the leg shot with the knife, like. This movie should be like way sexier than it is. And then it's like, because when it started, I was like, this movie is going to be sexy and violent. And then it wasn't sexy or violent. And I was like, what am I watching? Like, it's like, I don't know. The Powerpuff Girls. Like a blonde redhead. I was was totally here for some sexy Canadian violence. I was like, yes. Like, give me. Does that exist? Oh, very much so. Have you ever seen My Bloody Valentine? I mean, that's. I don't know that's if I'd c- call that sexy. Oh, there's there's some sexy <laughs> Canadian violence there. There's lots of sexy Canadian violence. We, we're good at that. But uh, yeah, there's a severe lack of it in this movie, which I I was like really hoping for that. Like Canada's good at doing like trauma kind of style stuff. We have a pretty good consistency with that. Nova Scotia in particular has like a good background in that kind of stuff. And Ontario, uh, Ottawa produces tons and tons and tons of b-grade horror films so this came straight out of like the epicenter of 70s like canadian horror like there should have been some better content in this movie there's great actors in it and i don't know like i had high hopes for this and it just kind of fell flat but it's very canadian like you said like location wise like all the locations are super super canadian so much about the problems with his truck He's like, oh, the carburetor, and yeah, this seems to be off. I don't know, and even like that shot where it's like he's being wa- they're being watched in the woods. It seems 
but then nothing happens. Like, they're so slow, and nobody gets killed or narrowly misses anything, so it kind of has more of a Mr. Magoo-type feeling where (laughs) these people just don't even realize what's going on. Even they're told about this... They're basically hinted about the cannibal girls by this folk tale that they're told. And they're right. like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's go see that place. Yeah, let's let's go. I'll tell you what fucked me up, too, was so they are going to kill the guy and take the girl and put her in the, the cult. And the girl escapes, and they have Eugene Levy strapped to the bed. And... The girl gets in the car, she's flagged down the guy with the car, and the guy gets in the car, and he's like, I'm a doctor, I can I can help you. And then he takes her back to town and drugs her. And then they have Eugene Levy in the bed, and you're like, well, Eugene Levy's fucked, he's gonna die. But then it seems that essentially that he drugs her and kind of makes her think that that was all a dream, all to try to convince eugene levy to convince her to stay in the town hang out more and then somehow end up back in that house and i was like none of that was well constructed or well done but more importantly the giant commercial break that happened right there (laughs) in that moment also completely threw me off even more so it was like i was following i was following and then it was like t-mobile and i'm like oh god there's a commercial and then all of a sudden she just wakes up in a bed and i'm like what the fuck is going on like i am so fucking confused about everything that is going on right now oh god my frog has started making noises now my frog makes noises now i didn't know it did that it's just started doing it, so you're getting um, ramped up with this cannibal. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> what if it's one thing that frog is, is a cannibal? Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, so like the whole second act of the film is like her being drugged and like essentially like, no, this happened, but like, did it happen? Did it really happen? Did it not happen? And so you're supposed to kind of, you know. Yeah, if, is it a dream? That's, is that's it not? If this was a, if this was a, if they had, if it had a slightly better script, they, yeah, they one hundred percent could have pulled off because that feels like that last part should be really creepy and you should be going, ah, oh, maybe it was just like a fantasy thing, but it's so obvious when it cuts back to, uh, the bed and yeah, but Eugene Levy's like, uh, handcuffed to the bed and then, the the Reverend like. It looks like he like does a spell on him or something like that. Whatever his his powers are very vague as to what he can do, but he he seems to like look like he's like trying to hypnotize Eugene Levy. And then so as soon as you see her in the room and Eugene Levy's there, you're like you, you almost immediately are like oh yeah Eugene Levy is like gonna try to get her back to the house. Like you almost know that immediately, just vaguely based on what you've seen you're like oh that's exactly what he's going to try to do for the rest of the movie so it like it can't be it's not scary like it should be it should play out with you going oh there's like people staring at him and he's he's talking to the he talks to the uh sheriff at one point while she's on the phone to uh talking to the operator and it feels like that whole thing should be creepy with like the operator being like i mean even when you oh i can't connect you with anybody reveal, you, it's yeah, like you can't talk so, it's so underperformed that it like I don't know why they they go so dry. It's just sort of like you betrayed me, and he's like, mm, 
Shoulder shrug. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he, he just like tries to be like, all right, well, uh, I think I'm gonna leave, guys. So uh, if you guys want to have a good time, eh, I'm just gonna head out. And then it's like, oh, hey, hey, guys, also, I, I brought her back. She, she picked up that I don't even know what that weapon's called. The mace. The mace. She picks up that mace, and it's so slow. And he's like, babe, come on, babe, babe. <laughs> and it's like, it'd be funny if he, it'd be more comedic if he just ran out the door and like no one stopped him. Well, and I like how he's like, she wakes up from the, the, the drug or whatever. And he's just like, clearly the solution is we need to fuck. Like, well, that seems like the solution for every problem. For everything. Film, like, like car that, breakdown. down. Oh, let's just hit the hotel room already and get this over. But he's like, but he has no moves. There's nothing sexy. He doesn't like try. He's just like, has this like blank look on his face. And he's like, we probably should, you know, eh, eh. it's like, he would what? be much funnier as a late 90s American pie Eugene Levy. That's the Eugene Levy we needed in this. <laughs> he just needed to put some more the corny, effort. The cordiness works better in as a dad. Like he's been that role for a long time since American Pie. But when he's corny in his prime, it's just corny. I've seen <laughs> yeah. plenty of seventies horror and I have seen plenty of seventies horror guys that are trying to fuck. And this guy has no game and no effort. Come on now. Just put a little bit into it. Even when he's like about to get it with her, I'm like, this is like the least hot sex scene ever. Like, there's nothing about this that's redeeming. Like, it's just like, okay. (laughs) He's just like grabbing her aggressively. He's like, come on, we're going to fuck. It's just like this tight hug. And you're just like, oh God, this looks really uncomfortable and not at all sexual in any way. Sometimes it is uncomfortable. So, (laughs) what are you doing? Did it sounds like any story that you've ever heard of like your parents where it's like yeah they're they're yeah. like you're talking about the two weeks to one month of dating when they people would go on honeymoons they literally just drove to like the middle of the state and stayed in like a a motel that you know maybe looked over a cliff or something the uh there is one one truly frightening thing in this entire movie though that i i you know it becomes very hard to forget and that is the second victim, uh, the guy that owns the ice cream truck, who is maybe the hairiest man I have ever seen mm-hmm. on film. That truly <laughs> is a sight that that burns itself into my eyes. His hairy ass back, and yeah, <laughs> and they hit and him with the like right hit him with the axe. The like, yeah, the yeah, blocking is so bad in this movie. He's so close, and he's just he's as as he's like getting out of the bed, and you're just like, oh god, oh, it just keeps going. He's wearing an entire fur suit. He's Canadian. He has to be warm. Yeah, he was prepared to go out in the woods like just like that and just be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, this is you you got you also didn't uh you, you didn't get the opportunity. This film was also a, a gimmick film. It had an alarm bell that would go off whenever something uh gory or scary was gonna happen in theaters. So they did like the old William Castle uh gimmick for this one. Which you can really? I have the, I have the DVD. I don't watch it with that version, but they they do offer the version that an alarm bell will go off every time something even remotely uh, scary is supposed to happen. Which I wouldn't describe anything in this film as truly. I was gonna scary, say because when does something scary happen? Like everything is so slow. Like that one 
guy, the guy that Chuck's talking about, the girl has the knife. And she's walking so slow towards him. Like, he doesn't even try to, like, turn. And he's the whole time, he's like, he's in his, like, I feel like that's actually, like, oh, that's actually what? the whole reason it's supposed to be that, that uh, it's still not good and it's not, like, a good excuse. But that is the reason why that stuff's so slow is because it's supposed to be, that's supposed to be the gimmick that as soon as something starts happening, the alarm bell goes off and you have, uh, like, you have 30 seconds to exit the theater before you see something you don't want to see or something like that. Like, again, it was a whole, uh, it was a whole gimmick thing. Even that, when the girl comes out with the axe, like, had he just been faster and went out the actual door, he was trying to yeah. get out. It's, it falls into the same gimmicks as, uh, as anything else as 3d movies or anything that it was, it's just a cheap ploy that was in there to, to be able to sell this movie to people and be like, Oh, it's, it's got an alarm bell that'll go off so that, you know, you can... It's no Tucker uh, and Dale, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. It's no Tingler. Tingler's the best. Yeah, they were... He, that, was, that was clearly his inspiration was, yeah, those old William Castle, the 13 Ghosts, yeah, Tingler, all those all those movies that he did that always had something weird that, that was... That was the entire selling point for getting people into the theater was that something weird that was different from anything else you saw, whether it was good or bad... Who knows? But it was definitely something different. It really wasn't what I expected. It's a weird movie. I thought it was going to be like more violent, and then I did when too. I was looking it up, they kept calling it a comedy. And then when I watched it, it wasn't very funny. It's the goofiest humor imaginable. There, I think the only other one of the only other jokes that I think lands, and it's such a small, slight one, is when uh, they want to run out when somebody screams in the in the house and. The reverend gets up and he finds the the one girl's fighting with like the manservant over a piece of meat and and they get up and they're like we have to leave we have to leave and he's like he's like I'll just put some cash down and he like throws the money and then they're like they're like we gotta leave and and he's like but I gotta wait for change and he's like change and he's like well I gotta leave a tip <laughs> it's like that's a, it's another one of those like random like slow moments of like that's how it, the Canadian but it's just should have been extremely reluctant like they knew what was going on but they yeah. didn't have the taste for blood <laughs> they just didn't have the taste for you know, dealing with it. I so thought there friendly. would be a lot more exploitation in this movie because it's the seventies, so early seventies in particular. The most exploitive so I, scene is when they're eating. So that, I thought like, more final, nudity, final shot of the movie, more nudity and more gore for sure. I mean, it's a cannibal and girls, so I was expecting like more seduction from the women and then more it like wasn't called killing girls. They're cannibal girls. I, I, immediately, I'm assuming there's going to be fucking and killing. And I was not given very much of either. In fact, I would say there was no fucking in this movie. Just people laying in bed after they fucked. That's what Canadians do. That is not what Canadians do. You don't know. <laughs> I've seen enough Canadian horror to know. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to tell me how my people operate? You, you think you yeah, know? I guess. Yeah, you, know, those Canadians. you were living in a weird bubble. You weren't seeing what we were seeing. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't seeing it through the eyes of an American. Excuse me. Yeah, you need to have. Uh, that's, that's that also leads to if if we ever did a Canadian month, I don't know where I'd. That's almost what I was going to save this for if we ever did some Canadian movies. But <laughs> uh, possibly my other favorite Canadian movie is Canadian Bacon, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite. Like it's 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 so funny. And just not a Canadian that, film. 
I know, but it's but that and that's but that's great the movie joke though. about so is it that takes, takes John Candy like mocking Canada the entire time. Yeah, even though he is Canadian when he keeps bringing up like. <laughs> well, then my movie's gonna be Tusk. My favorite, one of my favorites, like that's also gonna, not Canadian. They're going know, to the capital, Ottawa, and he's just like Ottawa, the capital. They're probably so you in Toronto. Do movies made by Americans about Canada. Yeah, we want to mock <laughs> Canada for for a Canadian month. That's that's one hundred percent our goal. I was saying today, I was like, I don't understand why Americans think people from Canada talk like people from Minnesota. Because, like, we don't talk like people from Minnesota. Like, we do have an accent for sure. And it's a very strange accent. And I'm saying I don't understand where our accent comes from. Because it's I mean, basically like. We drink milk out of bags. Like, we do. Yeah. You're weird. We do. We do There's drink not milk out of bags. weirder than that. Why is that or weird? Or Chuck would say milk. <laughs> you drink the milk out of bags. Yeah, put that away. That's <laughs> what I saw. Like somebody, somebody. Yeah, you guys are from Pennsylvania. About, uh, <laughs> that that there's like a plastic, like a plastic pitcher that you can put your bag of milk in. Yes, and you put right. your... and it was like and yes. Like, then why don't you uh, put it in a plastic carton and then it'll stand up on its own like it does in America? Because, because you don't have the opportunity to rip it <laughs> because <laughs> it's because it's reusable. It's a. So are milk jugs. But you're still throwing no. the plastic away. I mean, I guess, but it's plastic, not as much. My, my plastic milk jugs are like the, one of the only things that are truly recyclable. They're not, though. No plastic is. That's the whole point. And they are for... ones and twos. That's no, no. That's why we're in the situation we're in right now where our bodies are all full of microplastics. It's, it's an issue. Well, that's because everything else is like hard to recycle. <laughs> Everything yeah. recycling's bullshit, and you know it. It's, the only thing that's worth recycling is metals. Outside of that, pretty much all of it's worthless. I mean, I definitely agree that we're in a plastic hell, but you know, you can get a little educated on recycling. I am educated on it. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm talking about. Aluminum is pretty much the only thing that's worth recycling. You say worth recycling. Yeah. But you can recycle plastic. No, you it, you can. It costs too much money, and it it does more damage to recycle the plastic to the environment than it does to actually make new plastic. But the point of it is, is that we shouldn't be using any plastic. We should just eliminate it and stop using it entirely because it's not good for anything. Period. And that the recycling process for all of it has been proven repeatedly to be worthless. It's also worthless to recycle paper. You can't call it recycling and then also call it worthless. It is worthless. <laughs> You're like when you when they re you can't recycle it, but when they recycle it, it's toxic. It is it yes, because the process to recycle it creates more toxicity and is more wasteful and uses more resources to essentially recycle the product. It's not worth it. You're better off making fresh plastics, which so what's the point of using plastics at all? It just puts you back at like just don't use them. They knew this back in the 60s, and they still fucking did it. Now we're full of microplastics, and we're all fucked. And here we are. We're all going to die. And nobody's going to want to eat our bodies, because our bodies are full of microplastics. But... The Earth will eat us. Yeah. See, Earth will be fine. The Earth will do whatever it wants. How do you know the Earth didn't want us to make plastic? You know what I mean? Like they're like, I mean, they even said all the stuff in the ocean from, like, World War II. The planet's, like, eating it. Yeah. So well, it, that's it, it can absolutely 
break down and, and go back to normal. Once we're all gone as human, as a race, the planet will thrive again. You dispose of old military equipment by putting it in the ocean so it creates reefs. So there is a benefit to that, but, you know. I mean, maybe eventually we can just recycle people. Uh, you know, we'll get the Soylent Green going. We'll uh, we'll use that for the people. It's a good I was future. surprised Soylent Green didn't come up in this discussion. I the minute I said food, I was like, it's gonna be cannibalism from yeah. One but or you both suggested it, so it was like once you suggested, I was like, I'm not gonna pick that. Now would that, that's where it feels like a plant from you. You're like you're like I mean, you could do a movie like Soylent Green if you want to, and it's like. It just feels like you want me to do that movie. I, I didn't think so. I I definitely knew that Lexi would choose cannibalism. I didn't know about <laughs> I thought that it would be... You just like, assumed I would pick cannibalism? I mean, it judgments been, there's here. so many things you could choose for choosing food. Because like. for the record, I did not pick cannibalism. And I had two choices that had no cannibalism involved in them. Every choice I had had cannibalism in it. See, I, I had My human... movie technically had cannibalism in it. I had Human Centipede, but I realized that they made three of those films and that we could spend an entire month covering those. So we'll I've come back to those. And it wasn't good. Oh, man, those are my favorites. Those are great movies, and you're wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Only the second one's really bad. The first one and the third one, Masterpieces. Oh, Especially the first the one. Second one was that one. Second, second one's black the black and white, and white one. one. The black and white one, yeah, that one's not so good. I'm not really into that yeah. one. But the first and the third one, fantastic. I thought it was, the idea was better than what that movie ended up being. And and then the one that I ended up picking, I only ended up picking it because it was sitting on my shelf, and I was like, well, this will be grotesque. I'll pick this. But I'll be honest, I only watched it the one time, and. I don't even know if it'll be a good movie. I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, it probably won't be. It had like the lowest score ever from IMDb when I was looking up. Yeah. I was looking up the movie and there's like 10 movies with the same title. So I'm like, can you be a little more specific as to what movie this is? Uh, Girls, though, was the only one that came, that came up by itself. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It did. Would you eat a person if you had the opportunity? And it wasn't illegal. Like, would you eat a person? Like, if somebody was like, here is a properly prepared meal made of human, would you like to partake? Would you take the opportunity? Yeah. I think you got to know depends. what that tastes. <laughs> Chuck does it for taste. I would yeah. I'd probably do it depending on the scenario. I'm 100% down for that. I've always said I'd very much like to eat a person. But I have a weird thing around it, so... I'm completely obsessed with cannibalism. That's like one of my huge things. I'm like really into cannibalism. I study like all the cannibalistic killers and I have like piles of cannibalism films. But why? That doesn't really tell us why. I don't know. I have a weird thing around it. I'm really fascinated by people eating other people. I find it interesting. There is something to like films about it that there is a certain kind of discussion to have there that that kind of that consumption discussion um it's something personal i think i like donner party stuff though i always think of for, well like, that's survival, different and we have to 
we like having to, to eat somebody for a survival situation or having to eat your own leg to survive or something like that. Those are very different scenarios than like choosing to eat someone willingly or, you know, engaging in that sort of behavior or what have you. Cause it's, it's when you choose poor, to engage in that behavior loves to have people eat people and then reveal that they ate people later. Like they didn't know. Right. It's a personal thing. Like, it's like I said, like before, like it's a very intimate action. Um, it could be very sexual in nature, the, the act of eating another person. Biting is a sexual action. Um, it doesn't have you know. to be, though, too. Like, no. Do, how, how much it doesn't of have your to be. food do you. <laughs> are you even that intimate with? Food and sex have a hard crossover. So. Yeah, but like, you personally, are you hunting? Are you skinning things? Are you. Like, things that you actually eat? No, but people do like. I mean, people have a huge sexual like. Like, let's look at strawberries. Strawberries have a huge sexual connotation. The discussion of like eating a person, you know, eating someone that you love, um, like in a sexual act, that kind of thing. A lot of times, when you talk about cannibalism um, in real life, like I could think of two different scenarios where remember that there was that person who met the person on Craigslist and was like. Uh, I would like you to eat my penis. And the person was like, I would like to eat your penis. And they had that mutual agreement. And they sat down and agreed to that and let the person eat their penis. And it was a very like, how did that go for you? I I didn't agree to that, but (laughs) um, obviously the guy got in trouble, but it was a consensual act. So uh, they weren't sure how to deal with that when the the situation came up. Um, And there was that Asian guy, I uh, can't think of his name. He was very famous for eating people. Uh, he went back to Japan. He has a cookbook about eating people uh, and is a celebrity. So there are things around it where it's it's got like this weird kind of taboo like discussion. But I think like when you eliminate the survival part of it and you start talking about it from like a personal perspective and that kind of thing, there's a whole deeper weirder conversation there where so you would do it if it was sexual no I, you're asking me what I, I how i would engage in eating a person i would just eat a person if it was properly cooked for me like like look like we, we talked about hannibal i definitely eat one of hannibal's meals like unquestionable i'm like oh yeah hook me up would it that would kind it of thing be like would it run into the the elements of like when the people aren't eating healthy, so you don't they don't want to eat that person because that person's like, well, that's all fast food. That's not going to be a good meal. Or would it be really tasty because it's marbled with fat, right? Think about it like a Kobe beef cow. Like if you're feeding someone nothing but like junk food and like fatty foods and all that kind of shit, and then you eat that person, would that person be really tasty? I hear human flesh is not, we're not super tasty. Like I hear we're, we're not a tasty <laughs> That's why, why sharks don't really like to actually well, yeah, eat like humans whenever they bring a lot of like animals, shark attacks, they'll spit it out. A lot of animals shark, don't like eating us. With Chuck, yeah, like, the only ones that, Actually, fun fact about sharks. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's I one of my I think favorite saltwater, about sharks. Saltwater crocodiles are, I think, are like the only ones that like us. I think the only thing like that, us. yeah, the only thing that really eats humans is like uh, scavengers, like if it was like a vulture or something that would just eat basically yeah. anything that was dead like they have they really don't have a particular preference as long as it's laying there dead they're like i'll eat well, that well they're pretty much trash eaters i mean they try Our... to get in as fast as they can but they're already eating things that 
maggots and stuff have gotten to. Our decomposition process is very destructive. Like the way our bodies decompose, like it ruins things. It like creates a lot of toxins and uh, stuff like that. So we're not very good to have left around when we're dead either. Like that's why we need to get rid of our bodies as well. Like we can't really have us like out places. Like it's not the same as like a dead dog or cat or something like that. Like they don't produce the same level of toxicity that our human bodies do when we decompose. We have a very toxic decomposition process. What the hell do you think you are a toxic adventure? (laughs) You're not like toxic waste. Humans are disgusting. Your energy is better off to be like eaten by plants and bugs and stuff than it is to be burned. For sure, I, I, I'm not saying that we should be burning ourselves. In fact, cremation is one of the most destructive things you can do because our bodies are so gross. But I'm saying that like the decomposition process of a human, like people, other animals don't like being around us and don't want to want to eat us very well either because we're so gross. Whereas like other dead animals, other animals will be more interested in eating. Because they don't decompose so disgustingly. I, don't know. I think my cat would eat me. Your cat would absolutely eat you, especially if it was a survival situation. Yeah, he would eat me if it wasn't survival. <laughs> Justin's his woken food. up one day with like him already like nibbling on his face like while he's still alive. <laughs> my finger's gone. I'm like Jesus <laughs> yeah, Christ. The cat's already tried to eat him before he's dead. What is what is it. what is the best cannibalism movie? I don't know. There's a lot of options. I do. I do really enjoy, uh, like the the standard, you know, Cannibal Holocaust or Cannibal Ferox. Those ones that were just like almost the the most basic version of a cannibalism movie, which is literally just, hey, there's a tribe in the middle of the, uh, you know, South American jungles that right, eats people. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a tough genre. Because I feel like it should be better than it is. And I feel like every time I go into these, I have high hopes and high expectations. And they just fall fat, flat for me. Like, I always expect more from my cannibalism films. And they just never deliver the way what I do you want expect? them to. I, all, almost all the time, I feel like cannibal is going to be pretty low bar. Like, you hear well, cannibal, and I'm expecting people's, like, intestines to be ripped out of their bodies. Yeah. And, and... Yeah. Where's that? Okay. Like, uh, I watched Anthropophages or whatever, right? They were like kept promising me that this movie was one of the most brutal films ever. And it has that scene where the guy pulls the baby out of the woman and eats it like straight out of the womb. Man, like I had to watch like an hour and like 20 minutes of like the most boring shit to get to that like five minute of like half cocked payoff. I'm like when you talk about like uh, Cannibal Holocaust, like Cannibal Holocaust does a fairly decent job of giving me a fairly consistent amount of like kills and violence and all this kind of stuff like i want that i want like a fairly consistent level like texas chainsaw honest to god great job and i think like hills have eyes does a pretty good job with stuff too like and those are not necessarily cannibalism films but they are about cannibalistic families so like the aspects are there kind of falls off the map for me like no it needs to be gratuitous if it's not gratuitous i don't want anything to do with it you can't have like an an 80 minute movie that's all cannibalism or oh no cannibalism means anything god i wish that was i wish that existed like i would be so here for that just 80 minutes of pure cannibalism (laughs) it's just prepping a body and eating it the whole time i I would be so here for that movie (laughs) 
like it the protagonist dies within the first 10 15 minutes and then it's just prep food prep did you ever see that one movie that's the whole movie that one movie about that woman that keeps eating pieces of herself it's like some horror movie she can't stop cutting pieces off herself and eating herself I, I think I know what you're talking King about. I don't think I've like seen that. it. It was a really interesting film too. But that person was also survival. They're like stranded on an island and then started eating themselves. I think I think sometimes you're right in that those survival ones where the people have to start eating each other. Like Alive is a pretty brutal film to get through. I mean, it's a the pretty, real pretty harsh story film. of moby dick they did eat a person oh absolutely mm-hmm. and they and they basically they pulled like who pulled the short straw is what they did and they killed and ate that person and then i think i think the story goes like within 48 hours or so, like they still would have been alive and they would have been found that they didn't eat that person but i guess that's how every cannibalistic survival story goes <laughs> like oh i guess we didn't have to eat fred uh <laughs> He would have could have survived like the rest of us. I I find people like uh, I'm I'm hugely obsessed with Ed Gein. I'm like really interested in his story. I'll watch anything about him, and uh, I'm really interested in Dahmer. I'm, I'm always interested in anything about Dahmer. So any of those like real life um, cannibals are super interesting. What was that guy? The 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 I think he's Russian. The wolf. He would eat children. I mean, my guy, my dad, he worked in the state prison, and there was a guy that ate his family. That's fantastic. That's fascinating. Like they called him the Spaghetti weird... Man. Oh, yeah, that's I a, mean, I don't know a, if he was doing there it. For there was a, a long guy time. that came to our. We had a like. I only know that exact same story because when I was in high school, like a guy came from the one of the prisons to like. I don't know why. I think it was like probably just for like a, almost more like a. Yeah, I don't know. You better be good kids, or you'll end up going to jail like these guys. And someone asked, like, like who's the who's the like scariest guy you know, or something like that. And he was like, I don't think the guy's scary. He's like, but his story's pretty crazy. And that's when he thought, yeah, he said the exact same thing. He goes, goes, they call him the Spaghetti Man because he killed her and and ground her up into meatballs and put her in the spaghetti. Did, is that what, that really what he did? He made he made them into spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. he did, he did. And when I, I don't saw know him, this one. I, I saw the guy. Well, it was local. I mean, I think I it's just like just, a super small thing. Yeah, it's probably one just like. Just yeah, I think it was just he killed his girlfriend or something like that. So it's like not like a major. Like it was never. That doesn't matter. Story. That's still interesting. At, at the state prison. Now I love this. My dad worked there, and they would do family days, <laughs> like family picnic day. That's thing, so weird. Where they would let the family of the of uh, the police go in there, and they would, and it was like he was there, and he was one of the ones that like had more free reign he was like a janitor he was just like mopping the floor or like you know pushing the broom across the floor and my dad was like that's the spaghetti man he ate his family and it was like that he literally like if you saw him in real life you would just think he was a really nice guy you never would have imagined that he had done anything like that but so yeah, he ate his a- whole family I, I think he ate like a his wife and kid or something. I think there was more than one. That's so interesting. Did you ever hear about that member of Insane Clown? It was like a not an Insane Clown Posse, but he was on Insane Clown Posse's label, and he went to that fan's house and he like killed and ate the family and then lived in the house for like nine days. I uh, that's what you get for inviting a juggalo over to your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
this is actually one of my favorite subjects. I'm like super interested in this stuff. I'll tell you what was super weak sauce was that Green Inferno. I had such high expectations for that movie, and it had like one really good kill at the start, and then the rest of that movie was junk. Yeah, that wasn't very good. Knock knock. That's the better one. It's not cannibalism, but it's the better Eli Roth movie. That's the one with uh, Keanu Reeves. Yep, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah, I didn't like that one. I think I don't like Eli Roth. I think he's a hack. Well, wait until we discuss Knock Knock. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Yeah, it's not a joke. It's it's gonna happen. <laughs> I'll make sure it happens. You're like you're like Lexi said she hates that movie. Nope. I'm writing it down. It was in my head beforehand. I'm not that type of person. There's secretly a document on his tablet that just says Lexi said she hated the following. And I think if I just pick movie. any good movie, you won't oh? like it. Oh, yeah? Any good movie? <laughs> yeah, I pick a good movie, and I'm yeah. just like, there's no way. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of agree with Lexi a little bit. The platform, Pluto TV, really did ruin the experience. And, I mean, for free, I guess I can't complain too much, but it was like how Tubi is. It just the ads come up at, like, no at random parts like mid scene and stuff but it advertises other pluto tv crap so i was seeing the i love lucy channel the the 90210 channel <laughs> there was a dateline channel i was like oh, i'd probably watch that if there weren't <laughs> commercials see all i got was ads for paramount plus literally that's I all i got i did have one or two but they were most like i saw the i love lucy one so much I never saw that. I kept seeing the same ad for the same three shows over and over and over. You know why it might have happened? When I turned on Pluto TV, uh, bef- like I changed the channel like once or twice before I went to search, and the thing that was on was like old retro television. So it was probably like, he likes old retro television. He- we know this from the 30 seconds that he was on that channel. That's so funny. Well, I I left like the thing playing because I... I pulled it open, and then, like, you know how the TV plays in the corner when you, like, pull stuff up? You know what I'm talking about? So I had it playing in, like, the corner of the TV, and then I had to go out. So I went out and took care of, like, my business that I was dealing with. So I was gone for, like, a few hours. And then when I came home, it was still playing in the corner. So it had to think that I was sitting there for hours watching whatever the fuck was on it. (laughs) It probably was. Going back to my theory that is wrong, the end of the movie, essentially, the twist is that Glory, Gloria, right? Yeah. Becomes, like, the fourth cannibal girl. Yeah. And that's also why I thought, that, like, I thought it, like, sealed the deal that the blonde was the woman from the beginning of two. And I just liked that the cult was growing. But, I mean, I guess the cult is growing, yeah, it just still... didn't include the first person that I thought yeah. it did. You know, it's moved on. To, it's not just the three people there and the and the reverend. Now it's the whole town. So yeah, it's you know the the cult is is growing up. Lexi, you're breathing uh, real hard. Am I? I'm sitting weird too. You were like, um, <sighs> well, I do have like, I did just get injections in my like neck, and I have a giant head wrap on. So and I've got a. Nasal Excuse infection. You breathing like that until a second ago. Well, yeah, I, I leaned forward. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie was when they're in the kitchen, 
and that one girl's making the soup or whatever and she's like i need more meat and she's like i need to cut this meat exactly this way or it's not gonna cook right and they're like fighting for like five minutes <laughs> about how to cut this meat and the one girl finally just walks in she's like just give her the meat and i was like this whole scene you could just cut you could just cut this whole scene <laughs> for this movie but yeah but then the movie would only be 75 minutes long instead of 82 but also it was also the most entertaining scene <laughs> so i was like all right well here we are and then you have that final shot of them all eating with bunker the butler or whatever the hell that thing is in the background eating and it gets on our main character and the magician reverend is like hmm and she's like Okay, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> I guess I'll eat a little bit of Eugene Levy. A funny a funny thing to remember when you watch Canadian film is even back in the 70s that uh, the Canadian government gives grants to people who make films in Canada and the more Canadian content that you put into it, so like staff, uh, areas that you shoot in, like products that you keep in the films that are canadian products all those sorts of things those all go back towards your canadian tax credit essentially mm -hmm. so this movie was probably funded for by the canadian government oh, too so on canadian yeah this is a very canadian I movie i think it was overly canadian by accident i don't think they were going after those tax incentives i think they got them because they they were just like yep that's what we planned I think they lied about it. This movie's Canadian as fuck. I, that's what Chuck said, and then I just repeated it on when I started it. This movie is so Canadian, it like made me cold watching it. I was like, oh god, I don't want to go back home. It's just cold. Everything's <laughs> cold and covered in snow. Everything's zero degrees Celsius and metric, and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but I miss Poutine so bad. Pootie Tang. No. No. Is that another movie you're going to make me talk about? Is another masterpiece you're going to make me talk uh, about? No. Pootie Tang I is you a would consider it a masterpiece. <laughs> that movie is 100% a masterpiece. It, it is pretty good, actually. It's definitely better than Undercover Brother all day. All right. I think I know which movies me and Justin are going to start picking from, uh, from now on. <laughs> yeah. You guys have like your own lists. Chuck's got one too. He's like, Lexi said she didn't like this and keeps writing it down. You guys are like, we have this whole show plotted how to make this bitch uncomfortable as much as humanly possible. No, it just happens. <laughs> That's okay. I've been very successful at giving you guys terrible, uncomfortable films to watch. <laughs> but I think... And I think that um, you brag about that, but I somehow seem to offend you more than you've offended us. How's that? I don't know. You're just offended with me. I'm never offended with you. You're an offensive person, Justin. I'm discovering that about myself. I mean, there's that one thing that you did that we won't talk about here. But outside of that... See? One you... offense... It is pretty egregious, but you and know. For me, zero offends offenses from you. So, 
I haven't done anything to offend you. I have no reason to offend you. I mean, I think you tried with YouTube a little bit, but... I did not try. It just kind of worked out that way. Speaking of YouTube, I do have a little announcement I'd like to make real quick about that. Uh, A24 Films has picked up the guy who did the Backrooms, and they are making a film series about that. So one of the YouTubers, when you guys asked me who would you like to see a YouTuber's films get made, or see a YouTuber who could make films, uh, they are picking that up and making a whole horror series out of that. So I am super excited to see that, and I think it'll be really, really good. And the fact that A24 is backing it, I'm like, I think this will be excellent. So I'm super excited to cover that. You're slightly running a false narrative because we never asked anything about YouTube. You totally did. We don't ask questions. When I host, no. when Chuck hosts, we don't ask any questions. I know. I'm the only one that ever asks questions here. But I have so many. If you were stuck in Canada with Eugene Levy, would he outsmart you or would you outsmart him? Are you asking me this or Chuck? You both of you. If it was Alan Thick. I could probably outsmart him, but not Eugene Levy. I think Eugene Levy could outsmart you. All right. I think that's the end of the episode. (laughs) You didn't ask us what kind of food this was. You didn't ask us your food question. You did with Willy Wonka. I'm not going to. (laughs) But I developed in my head what kind of food this was before we even recorded the episode. Junk food? I I was like, it's probably a poutine with like a moose head yeah a moose head lager and like a poutine the kind you get in a bar at like a really shitty bar it's probably extra greasy yeah gives you like terrible heartburn when you're done on my end chuck's Chuck's image is frozen he is looks like he's it looks like he's fake sleeping it does (laughs) like i was like oh chuck's fake sleeping we better wrap it up (laughs) yeah close my eyes and I'm like if I pretend I'm sleeping they'll just end the episode for me <laughs> you don't look like you're awake yep. at all you just literally just like hunched over <laughs> with your eyes closed it looks like at least it froze the same way for me too <laughs> I have a question Chuck is that giant Pez display new or was that always there it's always been there man how did I never notice that until today I think the camera's a little wider and it's a little bit brighter in there okay because i've never seen that before until today and i'm like he has a wall of pez and i've never noticed it until today (laughs) also i don't know what that little truck is either on the shelf behind i don't think i've seen any of this side of the room it's a whole new experience uh, that's jesse pinkman in the meth oh okay all right perfect i got you and there appears to be some sort of gothic thing behind it i don't know what that is either that's batman oh makes sense perfect man i would have never thought you'd have that many pez and now we're all caught up because uh we can sit our back on the side of the room that we could always see <laughs> you, you can end it chuck if you want <laughs> all right it's ended that's it we'll, we'll be back next week with another food movie that i have no clue what it is i 100 was gonna watch the wrong movie until justin brought it up I found a completely different movie called Feed, and I was like, this doesn't look like the type of movie Lexi watches, but okay. (laughs) It had like a young teen cast that looked like it was a CW movie. I was like, this 100% doesn't look like the movie we're supposed to be watching, but I But that does sound like the YouTube videos we watched. 
the YouTube movies. So. 50-50, yeah. yeah. Could be. Yeah, no. Yeah, I looked up Feed on IMDb, and it was like four movies named Feed, and I'm like, you're going to yeah. have to be more specific. Did Did you guys find the right movie? Yeah, it's on f.movies.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I didn't even realize the movie I picked was one of those. Um, what's that? Movies? No, no, it was Midnight. Uh, you know when they do the film film festival, the Midnight whatever horror when they release like all those twelve movies didn't get released in theaters, but then they just basically release them on oh, DVD. Like we got kind of films at Hollywood Video all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The eight films to die for kind of things. It's one of those kind of things. So it was one of those selections and. I oh, bought shit, it. It is eight films to die for if it's from 2005. I bought it without watching it because it kept popping up on those. Because I was in that point in my life when I was just buying anything that popped up on those most disturbing, most horrible, most disgusting films ever made lists. And I was like, this one kept popping up on those lists over and over and over. And I was like, all right. That's how so you I discovered it. Ford versus Ferrari. Right. Right. But uh, this one, I think I paid like five bucks for it when I bought it. So I was like, all right, I'll buy it. It really wasn't uh, that bad. Me and Chuck will just watch it with uh, probably give viruses to our computers. Yeah. I actually have the DVD. Can you screen share? Yeah, I guess. We could all have a big viewing party. You'll be like, Chuck, are you playing games? And Chuck's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So. Chuck said goodbye. I'm ending this. All right. Bye. We are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.